Radio Primavera Sound, powered by SEAT. Welcome to the Weekly Review, the radio show where two adults try to keep up with the ever-changing modern pop world with the help of a bright young person who never misses a beat. This week, we're feeling a bit nostalgic. It's the 10th anniversary of Lady Gaga's Born This Way. To celebrate this year's Pride Month, she's presenting the reimagined 10th anniversary featuring covers by artists who belong to the LGBTQ community or are staunch allies. We'll discuss its talking points as our album of the week. Mars predictions on Taylor Swift releases in 2021 seem to be on point, and she brings us more news related to Tay-Tay, including other notable comebacks, which doesn't exclusively mean music. We're going to get gossipy, you've been warned. We'll continue to present some of the artists of our 2022 lineup at Primavera Sound, focusing on electronic producer Anz and Baroque Doom apocalyptic performer Lingua Ignota. Mm -hmm. So sit back, relax, and listen. It doesn't matter if you love him or capital H-I-M. Just put your paws up. Cause you were born this way, baby. My mama told me when I was young, we're all superstars. Yes, we are. We're all indeed superstars. Sassy! So, what a great way to celebrate Pride Month with this reimagination of such a, an important pop album. Is it an important pop album? What yeah, do you think? Yeah, it's, it's an iconic album of the 2010. Yes. It, it's uh, it's the, al- the album of the generation. I, Born I, this way, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I can never de- uh, separate my memory of the album from that horrible cover <laughs> i like the cover <laughs> it, but it, it is so terrible it's 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 become good but well it hasn't become good it i can understand it what was she was going good, for it got better oh but i mean it's the way her face is kind of badly photoshopped onto the heart like a custom harley davidson type motorcycle it 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 was i found it very crass and i know that she likes that kind of thing that 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 being so terrible it's like fun mm-hmm. um i but i couldn't relate to it I, I i i don't know it's it still makes my eyes water <laughs> i love it i feel like now that you said it and i remember the cover um it is kind of something arca would do or someone like this you know like arca in her last cover was like in this kind of centaur weird thing mm-hmm. and uh, why not be a motorcycle to like a, a hybrid of human motorcycle whatever she was doing i think she was so clever to do that and even in 2011 and it's 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 so she is always uh, 10 years before us like she's always producing stuff that's advanced for the time she's doing it oh she she knew she was going to get a lot of scrutiny for mm-hmm. her album artwork and and she did you know there was hundreds of of websites talking about what is this what has she done you know someone with all those means all that budget to hire you know she's always been so uh, she's always promoted uh, talent photographers artwork covers of magazines all that has been so important to her it, it kind of 
it was a bit bewildering where you know for instance the arca cover it was shot by carlota mm -hmm. guerrero the 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 prosthetics were custom made by their partner there was you know there was a beautiful concept to the whole thing whereas this was really <laughs> tacky photoshop yeah and and we love it for yeah yeah i mean th th this is okay one thing I, I i'm gonna start cringing already but one thing that is fabulous about the culture the pop culture where lady gaga reigns is their love for something that is so gaudy and terrible mm -hmm. no when when it's something that is a lot of fun in in that kind of uh, in that kind of culture no where where you where you love something for being quiche mm -hmm. and when something is so bad and heinous like a bad musical and stuff for, for instance showgirls no the movie uh, remember the, the it, it it was panned by critics it was like oh the worst movie ever and stuff and now it's become like a, a cult status uh, it's being celebrated mm -hmm. in a way by the LGBTQ community especially because a lot of the values that it talks about in the movie and stuff you know they can relate to or how the Wizard of Oz it was this camp thing that became a, um, a gay icon no mm -hmm. because it spoke about things between the lines that could be related to in a society that where where people couldn't speak freely about it but anyway I don't know but how you, that relates to the cover do you know <laughs> what I love about the cover what? right is is I think it really suits the, the the record in a way because what it does it kind of takes something very classical and kind of classically american and classic rock and kind of makes it a bit weird which is kind of the same thing with this i'm i'd actually forgotten about this until we were looking up <laughs> it features brian may and e street band saxophonist uh, clarence clemens so it does have that thing like born this way it's something about it is like so darn darn american you know but it's kind of subverting this way like the song you know the, the title track we just heard could be a massive bruce springsteen rock mm -hmm. anthem but she's yeah. made it into an absolute disco belter and that i think you get that from from the motorbike because you know got this glinting motorbike kind of thing that she's made it ridiculous by putting her own her own face and arms on it so i think it's kind of perfect it really does sum up what the album is about i i don't think i thought that at the time but now i've really grown to love the cover but yeah, yeah, yeah good Bruce um, Springsteen link. I see it. I see yeah, it. and John Waters, who is uh, well um, LGBTQ friendly, yes. <laughs> obviously, um, he said um, that only people with good taste can appreciate bad taste. So I think that's what she was going for. Yeah, and I totally understand the the goodness in this bad taste. Yes, yes, and 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 anything John, that comes out of John Waters' mouth is is is, is peng. Um, but so what have we got here? We actually haven't got the album yet. I mean, we, we've only heard four uh, of the songs. Well, three. I still haven't heard the version by Years and Years, the band. But so far we've heard Kylie Minogue's version of Marry the Night. She's turned it into her own hit. Uh, mm -hmm. It's uh, it, it just sounds like a Kylie song. It sounds, you almost forget that it was originally by Lady Gaga. Then there's Orville Peck, who does a wonderful job of making his queer country version of the title track. And then Brig Friedia lands Judas in Contemporary Bounce, making it a hell of a festivity. It literally sounds like a parade marching band chant. Mm, what else? Well, I, I was going to say, but I think this is a very clever way to celebrate its 10th its tenth anniversary mm. um, because... Um, kind of keeps the main album as intact it doesn't attempt to sort of rewrite history in that way it's like well this is what it but it just like shows a kind of modern interpretation of, of what it can be and I, I really like the way that lady gaga's brought in other people 
to do it you know i think that's kind of quite ego free it's saying like mm. you know okay you go and you go and do do what you like with it i mean i gotta say of the i i've have i have heard the four tracks and i've got i think i think um marry the night by kylie uh and the edge of glory by years and years aren't they're a bit weak, I thought. Like they're not—they're not brilliant reinterpretations, but they have their—they have their role. You agree, Mark, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yes, totally. To me, it felt like oh, Kylie singing a, a Lady Gaga song or um, the yeah yeah um, th- singing um, which one? Years and um, years. Uh, years and years um, singing um, the Edge of Glory, but Orville Beg. He, I, I loved this oh, one. It's so good. It's so good. It's I. I don't know. I needed to hear this version. I didn't know I needed to hear this version until I, I heard it, and I, I love it. I love him, and I love Lady Gaga, and I love him singing Lady Gaga. I, I it's amazing, and Big Frida as well. I, I really enjoy it. I think it's also interesting the fact that uh, artists they always they have to play the game when you're a major label artist and you have to take part in these anniversary reissues and stuff it's healthy it's more money it's a great way of uh, promoting work that is solid you know rem- reminding younger generations that look these songs were written in 2011 but just in case you forgot hey here's born this way sung by Orville Peck you know so that you can hear a different way of it and maybe it helps young audiences go back to the, the original work so I like the fact that as you say Ben she's she's giving platform to new artists like Brick Fredia people who still mean a lot to the LGBTQ community so the fact that she's saying okay look I'm not I'm not going to be lazy I'm going to let other people add their magic to my great work which was writing the songs um, but she's probably busy writing a follow up to Chromatica or not you know Chromatica was only out last year and she still has to do a full tour to support it and you know she's always very invested in creating all the kind of visuals and stage setups and stuff so she's a busy woman uh, it's it's great that she's done this this in a, this strategy in this way and uh, commemorating such an important month as it, as is the pride month uh, yeah i i give it a a good thumbs up for this product i just thought it was a very good selection of people that that, that um are are covering the uh, the six songs well the four songs that we know like cuz you've got Although I'm not that keen on the Kylie Minogue and Years and Years uh, covers, they're you know big mainstream pop hmm. artists who I think needed to be there. Um, and then you've got uh, things that are a lot more underground, Big Freedia and Orville Peck, which kind of shows like because uh, Lady Gaga's always been about that, hasn't it? She's been kind of astride the mainstream um, and and the underground. Mm-hmm. And also, I just think it shows like for, for example, Orville Peck's version of Born This Way shows what an incredibly good out uh, song it is. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, like all right. I already knew it was a really good song, but I really like it when when someone sort of really um, reinterprets things in this way. You're like, oh man, this this song can stand up to almost anything. He's got it the country road version. Is that is that uh, a, a reference you think to um, Lil Nas X? <laughs> Well, I don't think so. I don't know. I always think country roads take yeah. me home. Like it's the kind of country song that they teach children in schools, even in Birmingham. And I don't know. I don't. I, I got it taught in Torremolinos. <laughs> so it's like I, whenever I hear the word country roads, I think, yeah, a country song. Um, <laughs> country cannot be sung without alluding to a road at some point. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I want to see. I want to see if any other artist tackles a song like Americano, because that, mm-hmm. like the cover, was hideous i mean hearing lady gaga spanish i think he means in a good way in a good way in a good way it takes good taste to appreciate bad taste and it is so whenever like it's like when madonna did uh, la isla bonita singing in spanish it's always been oh it's so 
terrible in a funny way, right? <laughs> and an Americano is like, wow, it's it's out there. It's tacky. It's terrible. It's it's a parade of guilty pleasure. Um, it takes a backload of confidence to cruise on such a boat of distaste. And it may be her distinguishing quality. She's, a, as I said, she's a brilliant so pop songwriter and there are plenty of those in the music industry it's her ability to lap up the grandioseness of her personas with chants that make people embrace the keech with abandon it seems like a lot of fun and it is who would you like um to uh remix these the, these songs or, or to reinterpret these songs like there's two two slots left oh, okay i was gonna ask that how do we know there's gonna be more people Mm, remixing or whatever the, they've said they're going to be six okay. and they've said which songs they're going to be doing um, uh, which are the two ones we haven't got Highway High Unicorn Road to Love by Artists to be announced and You and I by Artists to be announced mm. no, no Antonio Antonio what am I talking about American no American <laughs> Antonio no Alejandro Alejandro. Alejan Alejandro was on the, on the, the fame. fame yeah right yeah, mm, I don't know. Uh, remix, you mean? Not, not. Well, or, or, or remix? Or would you like? Would you like and stuff? I'd like Arca to to have a stab. Imagine Arca, a reimagined, you know, to because she's she's Lady Gaga needs to put another foot on hyper pop. Mm -hmm. I think, which is the great queer genre right now, right? Uh, and there's so many people. Obviously, Sophie is no longer with us. Sadly, Sophie would have done something interesting. But someone from the PC music sphere or Arca their, themselves, that would be an interesting rework. Maybe not. Okay, they're not so mainstreamy. Maybe it would be something so experimental it wouldn't be eligible for the kind of radio where her label bosses want her to be. But I think uh, a good hyper pop remix of something. Speaking Daniel of which, Hall. Daniel, yeah, da yeah, Daniel Hall. Uh, Daniel no. Harl. Sorry, I interrupted you. Yeah, because I was I was just gonna say what. Speaking of hyperpop, going back to Chromatica, I once said on this show that the song with Elton John, I thought signed from above. You hated it. Didn't I you? hated it. I now <laughs> love it. I now love it. Oh, what made you? What made you? Well, because it? I was making a hyper. I was trying to make my old man version of a hyperpop playlist. And I thought, you know what? That song, all of a sudden, it becomes a drum and bass song by the end. It's got like high-pitched vocals at some point, uh, or it could have. Um, I think it, it fits very well with what we're understanding as hyper-pop, which is this modern take of high energetic dance pop mixed with Machina, mixed with uh, hardcore techno, mixed with Gabba, mixed with very early, 90, uh, very early 2000s uh, mainstream MTV pop. So I think... Lady Gaga already sort of put, planted a flag in the hyperpop mountain saying, look, here you have hyperpop signed from above with Elton John of all people. And now I love it. Now I, I love it. I thought Chromatica was an absolutely fantastic album. One of the I best albums released last year. It really put me in a very happy place. I yeah. used to listen to it a lot. One thing I can't work out with, with Lady Gaga these days is how big she is. She's you know? huge. But is she? Is yeah. she? I think she's on the steps of like icon. Like you cannot touch her anymore. She's not like already a part of history in a level that many artists aspire to be. Like she's in chair Diana Ross level yeah. diva. 
of she of she the, she won the Oscar for A Star yeah, Is Born, didn't yeah, she? Yeah. Or or at least she was the, for the for the song or well, I don't yeah know. for the song. But well, she definitely performed at the awards, yeah. and, and that was a very mm. cringy moment watching Irina Shayk sat mm. in the front row watching Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper have this incredible chemistry performing the song, <laughs> the, ta- the you know the main song, and uh, and obviously the rumors were kind of confirmed well i don't know because they split up in the end badly and irena but anyway i'm I'm getting gossipy because i'm leading <laughs> yeah. into the territory we're going to be we're going to be talking a little bit about hollywood couples and celebrity <laughs> oh you're so excited i love it i love it it gets me all warm and fluffy inside because i love it when when uh, what we're going to talk about happens um <laughs> exes getting back together anyway um I, i digress sorry lady gaga iconic The Super Bowl performance when, three, four years ago, mm-hmm. brilliant. She was huge. She was, she filled it. And she didn't even have any guests. Even Coldplay had to bring out guests. Uh, they'd had to do something with Bruno Mars, or with Beyonce, or Beyonce brought on Coldplay. I don't know. But Lady Gaga, as far as I remember, it was her on her own. Even Madonna brought in MIA and Nicki Minaj to perform with her to, I don't know, maybe, well, you know, sometimes artists do that to... to cross over to younger generations or make sure it's like hey hey just in case you don't know who I am I'm going to bring someone from your world if I remember correctly Lady Gaga did the entire half halftime show on her own doing all kinds of acrobatics and stuff and, and doing a whole medley of her of her greatest hits and it was a wonderful spectacle uh, one of the best that I remember so she's got Hollywood in the bag she's got The, you know, she has dinner with the big moguls uh, of the recording industry. She knows how to work them. Uh, she's independent. I, 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 there's, as you say, Mar, there's nothing that can topple her or her, her mountain, mm-hmm. shall we say. No, now it's just a question of keeping the flame alive and stuff with, with, with albums that match the, the stage personas that she creates. So, shall we have a little bit of, of a listen? Yes. Uh, this is the Orville Peck version of uh, Born This Way. My mama told me when I was young We are all born superstars She rolled my hair and put my lipstick on In the glass of her boudoir There's nothing wrong in loving who you are She said, cause he made you perfect, babe So hold your head up and you'll go far Listen to me when I say <laughs> we, we, we kind of keep one I want to hear the entire song you know you're waiting for for it to to hit the chorus well, I have to say um I had I did have the feeling that Lady Gaga star was dwindling a little bit by the time art pop was getting released because it felt like it had to be an even bigger celebration because she was her her, her star was ascending 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 And uh, all of a sudden, it just felt like it was getting interrupted. The release was being pushed back. And when it came out, I didn't really feel her presence like when 
she came out with the fame where bad romance was everywhere. You'd go into a, the, a bar to order a coffee at 12 in the morning and they had a TV on and bad romance was playing. You'd go into a shop, bad romance was playing. You'd go into a club, even the hippest club where they play the most underground crate digging B-sides, they play um, bad romance, for instance, or Alejandro. And with art pop, I didn't get that feeling. But Mar, you have a theory that art pop may be doing like a Blade Runner where it's becoming better with time and getting the deserve the yep. respect it deserves yeah i think it's if we talk about lady gaga we have to talk about the history of art pop because it's relevant i, I will get to it why it's relevant now but uh, it's such a, like you said it when it came out people didn't really celebrate it at as we had celebrated the her previous albums and and everything surrounding it is is it's kind of mysterious she doesn't really talk about it and when she talks about it it's, it's kind of weird um but maybe we will get um a sequel maybe i don't know i'm anticipating but i i <laughs> want to um but she ever since she talked about art pop um the album she already hinted at the possibility of being an art pop um act two and And there's multiple times in which she talked about it. For example, in an interview with MTV, she said, it's a little bit more modern. You never know if it, if radio is ready. I can't decide how to track list it yet. Sort of thinking of volume one should have all the commercial songs and save the experimental material for volume two, which would be amazing for now because I think we are more ready for experimental stuff. Yeah. But and, and we even know some of the track names. She even performed some of them live. Like there's a, one called Brooklyn Nights, which I think um, she performed live many times, uh, or at least a couple, <laughs> Princess Die, Onion Girl. We even know Azalea Banks was recorded um, as a collaborator in the album. Huh. So there's there's information, but all of a sudden um, it seemed like we all forgot about it and, and Lady Gaga um, also forgot about it and it was never brought up. People didn't ask for it either. Um, and then she went on and, and did that album with Tony Bennett and, and suddenly yeah. she was more jazzy and then she went more country. Mm, there there was no place for our pop act too. And even her relationship, like you said, to the album, even, even if it performed great, um, our pop, um, when it came out, and because she has such, such a, a good fan base, it, it will ob obviously go to top one. The critics and, and people who are not as part as part of the fan base didn't receive as well our pop and then I don't know it, it kind of I think it was the first step for her to leave her pop mega star um, era that we knew her from and, and she went on to be more subtle for a few years I, I felt that with um born this way it was already felt really natural like she just couldn't you know you get that feeling with some acts they just can't stop making hits you know even if mm. they tried mm. whereas art pop it felt like she was sort of doubting what she did in a way it didn't feel quite quite as natural and maybe it didn't come out quite as right i, I might be wrong but that's i i think well and she kind of agreed with you <laughs> because oh, because a few years ago like 2019 or something she rem uh, she tweeted i don't remember art pop and that that made fans so mad at her because it's a fan favorite even if people don't really celebrate it as we celebrate born this way or the fame monster or her first albums it's 
as part of the Little Monsters, Art Pop is is iconic too. It's it's uh, a great era and and stuff. And people were kind of mad that she said, "I don't remember Art Pop. How can you forget Art Pop? It's it's iconic." And and well, here's the part why it's relevant now. And the thing is that. Um, In April, a fan created um, a change.org that basically forced Lady Gaga to release the freaking sequel that (laughs) we have been waiting for for years. And, uh, and, well, it actually took off and, and people didn't... Didn't take it as just as a joke, and 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 the producer that produced our pop um, saw it. Well, it kind of was his idea, kind of, um, and and he talked about how um, taking the advantage that um, the, this change for not dot dot org was trending. He did a lengthy Instagram post talking about the making of art pop, with, which made everything more mysterious because he said that the period making art pop with um, Lady Gaga was particul- particularly, particularly sorry, difficult. Um, difficult. Owning to scumbags trying to latch onto the train, I had worked so hard to get out of the station. Everything very mysterious. There's some bad people now trying to make art pop not happen when they were trying so hard and he went on to say that the experience left him traumatized and that it had taken him years to move on from it and he said i never been so broken as a human being the day when the day when the record was turned in yeah at times i felt finished with my life this is not an exaggeration and i was i i so confused (laughs) as to what happened when the recording of of art pop because he said um well i i would very much gladly um do go on with the sequel um but you have to ask lady gaga first of course talking to the fans um but be gentle with her but uh, as implying that that she also was super traumatized when making art pop and then the the hashtag um uh buy art pop on itunes became trending topic people actually bought it and it brought back the album back to the charts eight years later and obviously that got the attention of Lady Gaga and he, and she tweeted um, about it and said the petition by Art Pop on iTunes for a volume two has inspired such a tremendous warmth in my heart making this album like a heart making this album was like a heart surgery I was desperate in pain and poured my heart my heart into electronic music that slammed harder than any track I could find and also she said in another tweet I fell apart a- after releasing releasing this album, thank you for celebrating something that once felt like destruction. We always always believe it was ahead of its time. Years later, it turns out sometimes artists know, um, and so do little monsters. Pause up. Um, what happened? What happened in that studio? Who was who threatened who, with their lives? And, and, and who's the producer who was saying all this? Because White Shadow, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, because because uh, Zed who was a big EDM kind of DJ, uh, was was also involved. Rick Rubin was involved. There was lots of producers there. No, but there was the, this main one, uh, White Shadow. White Shadow. Which, but uh, here's a question. DJ Snake White Shadow. DJ White Shadow. White Shadow. Does Art Pop 2 exist? Because you're, you're, they're asking to release something, but does it actually exist? Or is it just a sort of collection of ideas and songs? Apparently, that, like Apparently, there's 90 tracks what? made for Art Pop. Which is kind of normal. I think artists do tons of yeah. tracks and they, they go through the track list and decide which ones are going to make it. But she did 90, though. So there's a space for a sequel. Or if she's not, after all these years, she's not feeling the same with the 
the songs that she she can reimagine the one that she has, but there's material we know. Also, but, also, who doesn't want to release it? Is it Lady Gaga or is it the record Lady label? Gaga, she's traumatized. Sure? She was broken after the release. Like, he, what happened and, and, and the way it <laughs> was it, received. But she's saying the, the petition to buy for Volume 2 has inspired a tremendous warmth yeah. in my heart. Yeah. Right. So you think she doesn't want to release it because it was so... It, but are you sure it's that? Are you sure it's not like her record company? I mean, like, I'm not saying... I'm not saying she didn't have a bad time, but what I'm saying is maybe the reason it didn't get released is that the record company also aren't pushing for it because it wasn't like, you know, the original art pop didn't do all yeah. that well and they'd prefer to have things like Star is Born. I maybe. Is that cynical? both things. Like, she was so destroyed um, when making this album I don't, and then the, the way it was received and then, I guess, she didn't have the energy, the, the company didn't have... The energy and the the, the sources the, to yeah to release um, a second part to something that underperformed. So here we are now, eight years later, not ten, but maybe at ten, maybe when Art Pop is ten, we will have a sequel because I think she has had time to heal whatever she was destroyed from. Yeah, and and maybe we will be able to celebrate. At least she now knows it's celebrated, and critics have come up and said um, actually this album is really good it's just as good as, as her previous work and and we at least she knows it's celebrated even though it's later than it should have been celebrated but but that that's my, kind of my point that we seem to be in a period of time in which we are obsessed not obsessed but kind of yeah obsessed um, with um, short short past things like we we want to go back to previous eras and celebrate it the way we think we should have they have should have been celebrated and it's it's good we have seen this happen to lady gaga um yeah. with art pop and and everyone going crazy after something that seemed bad at eight years ago it's not that long ago it's not like celebrating i don't know disco music which was 20 years not 20 40, 40. years ago <laughs> oh my god um and uh, it's, it's just like short term past things yeah. that we're kind of wanting to to go back to and and i it's not only lady gaga um that is now getting recognition and i'm thinking of also Nicki minaj that um she is kind of going through a similar thing that um she obviously we all love and and appreciate Nicki minaj but she has never been praised the way she should have been. In it's fact, li li Nicki Minaj has gotten a lot of uh, n more negative press, shall we say, in the past. F but from the hip hop world, from the general public, she she was because she was so flamboyant or mm -hmm. such, such exact so exaggerated in her videos, her imagery, her hypersexualization. She 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 you know the bimbification that we've been talking about, how it's so trendy now. Megan Thee Stallion, mm -hmm. Bad Gal, mm -hmm. you know Nicki Minaj was there. Obviously, Lil Kim was there before her, but still, she got so much negative press and she was seen as a just she wasn't well regarded no. in general by mainstream media, which always pissed me off because I always regarded her as an incredible rapper. <laughs> and, and Kanye West, thank God, he'd always put her on a song like... Um, Monster, monster, exactly. and stuff. You know, and he, like he he never stopped believing in Nicki Minaj as as much as the young the, the young monies and stuff. But the, there was always like various sectors that were against her, and now finally she's, as you mm -hmm. say, she's getting the respect she deserves. Yeah.
But you see, I have a theory, right, that the reason we, we appreciate the things we, we don't have now that we've got like all of the music ever out there, mm. that the something that we can't actually have, we appreciate all the more mm-hmm. because it's like scarcity, which we don't have a lot of these days. And I, I, I hate to say it, but I think Art Pop's reputation reputation up top two's reputation grows the, the longer we don't have it if you see what I mean I think mm, in a yeah. way if you just released it people are like oh we'll listen to that for a week and then they go on to something new which is like n- not anything against the quality of the album it's just that's what happens mm. in a way I mean yeah. it would almost be a shame to release it you know yeah I kind of agree but um, with it, it- regardless you release it or not it comes a, a recognition that maybe as an artist you were uh, just waiting for and and suddenly just because we are obsessed with glorifying the past now um you get it and uh, and for example Nicki Minaj decided to re-release the mixtape Beam Me Up Scotty a few months ago which was never on streaming streaming platforms and mm. and had huge hits and 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 people are finally celebrating as as the rapper of, of our generation, like uh, if not like one of the best, but to me, maybe the best one we have. And finally, and I saw someone talk about this on obviously the TikTok, my only source of information <laughs> that said like as a Barb, as a like Nikki fan, um, they felt at, at some point, like for example, when she released um, Queen, the album, that nobody was, it underperformed. It was kind of bad for, for her, not that the mm. album was bad. And that for her to be able to get this recognition, she would have to die for people to yeah. see that she she yeah. actually was yeah. an amazing artist, an amazing talented artist. And and without the need of her dying, thank God, we have gotten to the point um to that to see that Nikki is one of the best rappers we have um today uh, alive, of course. And. And, and unique, like you know how so many trap rappers sound exactly the same. They all do the, you know, Snoop Dogg was saying it. No, like everyone sounds the same. Whereas back in the nineties, every major MC you could immediately identify from the way they rhymed. Nicki Minaj is unique in her mm-hmm. way. She, you, you can as soon as she pops up on a song, there's no doubt. It's the, oh, that's Nicki. And, and and she's been she's been on for lots of. I don't know, she's for forever, but why didn't we take her as seriously as we're doing now? And I think it's because of the talk once again, but I, I do really think this app is making lots of good things for artists, even artists that are as consolidated as Nikki, because um, a lot of the trends, and I don't know what what was that prompted it, I don't know if it's because we're glorifying the past or because of trends or i don't know but a lot of the the songs that that feature or that go that have millions of videos are nikki's verses in other songs or or even nikki's songs and people are are going crazy over her talent and and finally seeing her like maybe out of context because sometimes she just features in a song and maybe you, you just don't realize how good she is, but now out of context in a 10 second video, in a 30 second video, you see how, how good she is. And I, I'm kind of glad that we are in, in this time in which we, we look at the past, but not the past long yeah, yeah. ago past the, but recent past, the recent past. And we're like, oh, okay, yeah, why not? Why not? Um, see how good uh, celebrate things that we didn't have the time or didn't bother to celebrate and and I've seen people celebrating 
a lot of other things that not only music, and we can now get to the gossipy ah, stuff. Ah, <laughs> Salseo! <laughs> what else is being dug up from the past? Exes. We have been seeing a lot of celebrities celebrate their exes and 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 glorify the, their past relationships. Celebrate is that a euphemism? Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> getting back together, <laughs> like uh, Benifer, Ben Affleck, and J Lo. How did that happen? Please. I don't know. I just love it. I I I am an obsessed person over um, Ben Affleck's paparazzi photos but now that it's with jennifer lopez again uh, it's not even f in a funny ironic way it's like i just need this in my life just give it give, feed them to me i want benifer all day every day um who would have told me like in 2021 i i would be seeing benifer season two and and not only that not only that um angelina jolie is uh, is has back with johnny lee miller I'm, no, 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 no. They were back. seen. They were seen. Yeah, she was leaving his apartment in New York, so they celebrated Look, something. You know what? The fact that Johnny Lee Miller can still afford to have a flat in Brooklyn made me happy <laughs> because even though he's not his his movie career isn't as big as it was when he'd just done Train Spotting and mm. he was doing Plunkett and McLean. I don't know. All of a sudden, Johnny Miller, Johnny Lee Miller was hot, right? And I loved him from from playing Sick Boy, and it's like, wow, he's one of my favorite actors. And all of a sudden, it dwindled, dwindled, dwindled. It's like, oh, poor guy. He's 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 not up there like um, Ewan McGregor, right? Doing Star Wars and everything, uh, but. No, no, no. He's, he still lives in Brooklyn, and Angelina. And still he got going. Angelina Jolie back, so this money is doing. She was great. seen going to his apartment carrying yeah. a very expensive bottle of wine yeah. under a trench coat. So it's like, what a nice <laughs> thought! What a what a lovely <laughs> evening! <laughs> <laughs> and not only Angelina is having lovely evenings, Kylie Jenner and Travis Scott are kind of back together. Like what uh, they split? Up, they split up at some point. Wait, 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 wait. Kylie is Kendall's. The yeah, younger, Stormy's no? mother, Travis Scott, is yeah. had a baby with. When did Kylie. they split up? A long time ago. Why? Like, I don't know. They, they, they no. It's just they were good, but they're so rich and their world is so different to ours. I I can understand it's difficult to manage a relationship when you're this powerful i don't know but they're back together honestly or... if you could see the concentration on johan's face you're trying to work out who's going out with who and who was going it's unbelievable how are you not up to date with the kardashians Wait a minute, it's our on. job because uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> is kim and kanye back together are kim and kanye? no, no. Ki but she did, did kanye she... is dating irena <gasps> ah, that's why i was thinking why am i thinking of irena at the oscars wait a minute irena something ah, irena and kanye what and an it's they didn't date but she starred in the uh, in the music video of power so it's kind of glorifying she the past star. as well she, you could barely recognize her in that she kind of starred in the music video <laughs> they were yeah, all these sort of models theory, so it goes for our yeah, theory just stop, stop let on our theory good god <laughs> <laughs> but it's not like uh -huh. they were, you know, she was probably shot one day in the studio. No, he no, was, no. Well, he was, probably was there. It's I mean, glorifying the past as well. And and I, I'm i here for it. I'm going to say it. I, I, if you're my friend listening to this, just know you're not famous. I'm only allowing this to do famous people. Like, uh, don't text your ex if you're a, a normal person, mortal being. Do but not text your ex. Why? If oh. you're a normal person. 
why would you text your ex? Oh my God, like... Uh, so it's okay for Travi and Kylie yeah, to do exactly. it? Exactly, that's my, my your point. Your friend Pao and <laughs> yeah. Monica or whatever. No, no, they cannot take... Like, I'm over these dramas, we healed, we <laughs> moved on. But if you're a celebrity, just please get back with your ex. Just let me relieve the fantasy through the paparazzi pictures. Let me have a photo call with Travis, Kylie and Stormy. I think, oh my God, love does exist. And, and, and yeah. I mean, uh, when... The reason I'm happy for Benefer is because the more people hate Ben Affleck, the more I feel sorry for him <laughs> because it's like, damn it, this guy, uh, everyone loves to hate him. Also, he always kind of picked roles when he was younger, especially where like in Dazed and Confused, he plays the kind of douchebag that you just love to hate. Uh, and he, he kind of got stuck with that, like because he's tall, kind of he's good so looking. Weird. He's an alcoholic. He's a gambler. I mean, when allegedly, Anna, allegedly, allegedly, allegedly I think you should, he has a horrible back tattoo of a phoenix or a dragon or something that's horrible, and so it means he doesn't have taste, and that's not even bad enough to appreciate it from a John Waters perspective. Yeah. So, but but at the same time, he, I think I think first of all, he's a talented director and producer. The the, the films he's directed and produced, like Argo and um, The Town, they were they were and uh, Gone Girl, they're they're very good films did like he Hollywood. direct Gone Girl yes oh. uh, starring his brother Casey we won't go into Casey <laughs> I know I know Tati no Gone Girl doesn't it's starring Ben Affleck sorry no no then uh, I no, know no, no, Manchester no. by the Sea is okay. starring Casey no 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 no. there's another one where Casey plays like a detective with mm. Michelle Monaghan because a girl has gone disappeared mm. has disappeared and Morgan Freeman's in it and it's also called Gone Baby Gone Okay. Gone, Gone Girl is the one with Ben Affleck. No, that's not directed by him. That's directed by. I think it should have been directed by, no, by a no. woman. It's way too good with, to be with, directed with Rosamund Pike. Um, anyway, uh, but so yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy that. But what's crazy is that a guy who is quite powerful in Hollywood, and you know, even though internet hates him and doesn't want him to play Batman anymore, <laughs> he did his best. And, and and the Batman franchise, the DC, the new Batman franchise didn't fail because of Ben Affleck. It failed because <laughs> Zack Snyder or I don't, I don't know. It, it failed for many reasons. It was, it's Nothing is going to be as good as Christian uh, Bale and Christo for Christopher Nolan's version uh, of I Batman. like the way critical thinking could be reduced. He did his best. He tried. <laughs> he did his best. I, didn't, I, didn't think, I did not think he, he sucked as Bruce Wayne. I think it was good. Thing is, after Christian Bale, it's very hard to fill those shoes. But I'm very hopeful for what Robert Pattinson is going to do. In the Batman. Oh, I'm getting excited with all this news. Anyway, is Robin Pattinson going back with Kristen Stewart by any chance? I wish. Imagine. Now, would that even Kristen, be possible? A full on lesbian dating Robert Pattinson. That would be, oh my God, yes. Ah. Well, no, no. Kristen, Pride uh, Month. This, um, is, this is what they call shipeo, no? Sh is that a yeah, thing in shipping, English? Shipping? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When yeah, you yeah. fantasize. Ship, yeah, yeah shipear, shipe shipping. Yeah, when I've you're, never heard of it. It's yeah. a, it's one of these TikToky internet millennial expressions. Isn't that okay? When you dream of, oh, wouldn't it be great if like Harry Styles and Miley Cyrus were mm. an item or Isn't something? Isn't that like, like slash fiction or was that kind of a different thing? Sla what is slash fiction? Slash fiction. Fan fiction. No, oh. I think it's slash fiction. Hang on, before I before I, uh, uh, slash fiction is basically what you do is you is you like okay you think okay I like. Uh, Ron Weasley mm -hmm. from Harry Potter but I would really like uh, him to have a relationship with um, I don't know like Batgirl and so you write a story in which Fan Ron fiction. Weasley Slash fiction 
Well, there's fan oh, fiction right. and slash fiction. Maybe it's the same thing, or maybe yeah. slash is a it's, particular it's genre. It's a genre of fan fiction. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember when there was all these sort of homoerotic fan fiction about the Libertines, about uh, <laughs> oh, Barbara and that Pete really... Doherty, like, snogging each other while they were writing a song. I don't know, it was it a big turn to, to One Direction, too. It, it was called Larry, because it was Liam and Harry. Yeah. Only uh, those two. Mm? Or d- well, surely there were other combinations. Or was that the most? No, popular? no, that's the shipping like between Harry and Liam. Was it Liam? Well, I don't know. But anyway, X is getting back together. There's one singer who made it clear that we are never, ever, ever <laughs> getting back together, yeah. and it's Taylor Swift. Would you see Taylor Swift being able to go out with any of her l- illustrious past boyfriends? No. But she is. And oh. Of course not. There's plenty of songs and each one gives you plenty of reasons of why it's always a bad idea to text your ex, except if you're J-Lo or Ben Affleck. Okay, okay but this is... Okay, but what she... I, don't, I, I wanted to segue into my angle, but I can't. I'm just going to go for it. All right. So uh, we've been talking about Lady Gaga doing this very interesting reimagined version of Born This Way because it's also a business strategy let's you know even though there's art and there's beautiful um, new music being made around those old songs and stuff it's a business ploy and Taylor Swift is also playing the game in her own way uh, as we've talked about on this show before she is reinterpreting mm-hmm. songs from her previous albums because there was no because the of the whole ownership thing of Scooter Brown buying her back catalog and her not being able to uh, rebuy her own albums and songs and even not being allowed to perform some of them live so what she's done is being very savvy she's re-recording them and uh, now this leads me to your hang on I just had an idea imagine if she was so so sincere about re-recording her albums she actually went back with those boyfriends she was with during them she's like the only way I can get the proper vibe is I'm going to go back with Ed Sheeran or whoever I was with at that that particular time that would be astounding I I think she's capable of doing that she's crazy enough to do stuff like that that she won't do it but but I think she could do it I wish now you're making me think of this (laughs) but yeah um, she's very. It still goes with the theme of we're obsessed with um, the past, and and Taylor is, is clearly the queen. She has her reasons to to do so, but it it's a perf- perfect timing. If this had happened like five years ago, she wouldn't re-record or probably just would re-record a few songs. But since now we're in, it's a perfect era to re-record your whole entire discography mm. because we will be there for it because. We want to be in the past. We want we glorify it so much. We want to relive it somehow, even though it's it's not that time anymore. So well, going back to to, to the important stuff, which is, am I right in the multiple theories I have brought up um, throughout these many episodes we talk about Taylor? And kind of, I don't want to say I'm wrong because I don't like being wrong. So <laughs> no I'm, one likes being wrong. <laughs> I'm going to do my best to try to be right when maybe I'm not fully right. So just a quick recap of what has happened um, in recent Taylor news. Um, This Friday, well, last Friday, she announced Red would be happening, like the re-releasing, re-recording of um, Red Taylor's version would be dropping on November. And this got everyone by surprise. First off, um, she normally doesn't, say when the next release is going to be in in such a long period of of time in advance like uh she waits maybe 
a couple months and, and to announce it and and this november it's, it just june just started or, or well kind of um but then people um saw that the day she announced um this um the, the day of of the red um, being re-released was actually um, Scooter's Brown Birthday. So it was ah, a way to ruin. Slap. <laughs> yeah. he's, slap. he's already sold <laughs> it. He, like, that's the thing, he's already sold the rights. He's already made his money. Is he going to yeah. be that? But we're going to get him like, uh, uh, we don't care. He said sorry. We <laughs> no, we do care. But Did he say sorry? He apologized? No, no, no I don't yeah, think so, yeah. no. Never mind. I, we don't care if he sold it or whatever. He was... He's the main guy. That guy's going to make money whatever he does. Yeah. Right? He's up yeah. there. But what we want is Taylor to make her <laughs> money from it. I mean, come on. Bob Dylan sold his entire back catalog for $300 million, right? $300 million. Artists are queuing up to secure lucrative deals and earn the kind of pension that allows you to live the rest of your days in swimming trunks without having to put a shirt on for dinner. In the case of younger artists like Taylor, that means they still have to put a lot of work in to make sure their back catalogue reaches that kind of platinum status where it's cherished and revered by various generations and not just the one that grew up with you, right? So I think that's what Taylor is doing rather well with this whole re-recording strategy and making headlines as a young woman who is fighting many powerful men to gain her independence. Imagine how many 10 to 15 year olds are discovering her music for the first time now and connecting with it you know which has always been the strategy behind these anniversary editions so she you know she's playing the field mm -hmm. very well and the fact that she's launched it on on, on Scooter's, <laughs> Scooter's birthday you know it, it's yeah, I can see her sort of on the back of her yacht like yeah I'm gonna do it today yeah, and what's gonna be next and the thing is I, I'm not surprised she did that but I, I was expecting her to do that um, and we released 1989, which was my theory. Yeah, and tell us how you're not wrong oh. on that one. Yeah, <laughs> and everyone else's theory. Like I'm not the crazy one who said, yeah, 1989, just because of it. That there's so many Easter eggs. There's uh, literally like we all the fandom was ready for 1989. We were ready for a hot uh, girl 1989 summer. And then she said, no, it's already sad girl autumn. Get, I don't care what you're ready for because I'm 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 the queen and I, I say what's happening. So um I I'm I'm not angry I'm not angry at, at at Taylor but I feel like she's just taking this chance to laugh at us and laugh at us that we have planned all of these and 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 thought we could outsmart her when she is not outsmart of all. Why did you think it was going to drop? It, it was released in 2014. Oh, my God. There's a whole, like, she, she, there's a whole, like, theory to do with the color that it was yeah. released and the n amount of uh, words in the Instagram post. Yeah. And right. I, I, I mean... It's, I, it's difficult to keep up, but I'm going to just mention a few of the Easter eggs we had until now. The, we have a whole episode um, kind of explaining um, which... Uh, what the theory, but she... She had literal merch on her side, which was 1989 merch. So it was not crazy to think 1989 was coming. Um, she did an interview with Stephen Colbert um, with, for no apparent reason, except for to oh, drop yeah. a lot of 1989 clues. Yeah. And there's a Twitter user called The All Knower who is almost always correct. Um, 
And and he's, he or she said, we don't know who is behind this account, and that there would be two more albums coming this year, one in, in autumn and one in summer. So red is autumn. So where's the summer one? Where's 1989? So here's why I still think 1989 is coming. And, and it's kind of surprise dropping to just make us our tension shift from 1989 because we were so focused on it and now she says no 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 focus on red and then when we least expect it but i'm expecting it she is to gonna drop 1989 i'm gonna say this friday this friday whoa okay tomorrow and you want to see one last thing she did as a sociopath she is and And someone, and that means like people are crazy as well because someone in the fandom realized this to to point it out and and you have to to pay like focus in your head because it's difficult to it's kind of a visual thing. So someone said she announced Fearless um, on February 11, so one one. Fearless release was on April 9. Red announcement was on June 18, this past Friday, and Red release will be on November 19. If you put the numbers of the the last numbers of oh, these right. dates, which you've helpfully highlighted, so <laughs> I could see. I was like, "What you are you going on about?" Yeah, the... highlight them in your mind, listener, yeah. because that's what you need. It spells well. It it is 1989. So oh. I'm saying I strongly believe. Um, I do not strongly believe. But you I, do strongly believe. Come I'm on. just gonna do it for the sake of it. That 1989 will be surprise dropping this Friday because there's no way she gave us all these Easter eggs to just leave us clowning here, looking like clowns for her to just. At the at the same time, I know she's just probably laughing. Um, alone in her house looking at us all looking like crazy and and maybe this friday she drops speak now or something that we don't expect at all and and then and we will be like oh yes good old taylor doing whatever she wants and and we will be happy anyway and speaking of ex-boyfriends what does jake gyllenhaal have to do with any of this theory we have one thing for sure in all this mess that we don't know what's happening at all we have one thing that's sure (laughs) and it is that by November, we will have a 10-minute long, so almost like a full-on podcast episode, of the of All Too Well, which is like the song about how Jake Gyllenhaal broke Taylor's heart. So that means Jake Gyllenhaal has five months to seek a place to hide um, for a long time, because once this song is released, it's over for him, because we're, everyone's going to be against him and, and how he treated her, and how he broke up with her the day of her birthday by oh that's wrong by phone or something no. and he stole her scarf that she left at his sister's place and he still wears it today give oh rubbing Taylor's her face in it at maggie Dillenhall's place yep and he still wears the scarf like give it back or don't wear it we yeah, see you wouldn't give back a scarf by Taylor Swift. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't. I, I wouldn't. No, no one would. You'd hold on to that. Why did they? Well, if if they could talk. I'd want... Oh, never mind. I don't want to open that minute. Yeah? Uh, should we listen to a song? You want to listen to a song because we're running out of time and we still have oh, time. Taylor Swift, shake it off. What else?
shake. Oh, I feel like I need to shake very many <laughs> things off after that incredible introduction. If it, if if uh, 1999 drops uh, this Friday, we we know who to thank. Quite frankly, yep. like you you've dreamed it into existence. <laughs> we have to start betting on these things. Like you you know, bet, will Mars predictions be? And if and if you're right, we're gonna have to think of a business. Uh, I'm here for it. I keep on races. thinking I should put up like reminders in my Google Calendar. <laughs> it's like Mar predicted this, like because I reckon, as I've said this before, I reckon like Taylor Swift has the most amazing Google Calendar. Anna, she's like on this day, drop this hint, wearing a red thing, you know, oh, and then it'd be yeah. like, and it'd be like, wow, because I mean, you can't it be that organized. To. It's impossible. Um, so we've been recommending some of our uh, our tips from the uh, undercard of the Primavera Sound 2020 lineup. Uh, it has come to be my turn. We don't have much time, but very briefly, it's a, a DJ and producer called Anz, who's a young DJ uh, from Manchester, as mm. all the very best DJs are. Um, she's one of a breed of new... D- yes, they are, Mark. Yes. <laughs> I didn't know. Good to know. Ah, good. Uh, she's one of a new breed of DJs who are reinventing rave history, so you can hear references to old hardcore records, jungle, breakbeats, and bleep. But she manages to keep it all fresh, so it's not all old, stinking, boring, kind of just like doing the same things people did in the past. It kind of sounds fresh. It sounds not new exactly, but kind of different. Um, it sounds like she loves rave music, but she isn't in awe of it, so she doesn't need just to recreate it. She can mess around with it. In other words, uh, you'll hear all of that in the song we are kind of hearing. Rave casual um, starts off uh, like rave, but just a little bit woozy, a little bit weird. There's a little bit of a UK bass into it, but lots of in- invention as well. Uh, her Lose in Twos EP for Hessel Audio in 2020 was a wonderful piece of work. I've never heard a DJ live. The pandemic got in the way. If not, she would have been everywhere this and last summer. I can confidently predict she would have been one of the DJs of the summer. She's exactly the kind of DJ that I think uh, Primavera Sound should be booking. I'm not, not telling what to do, but I think it's very good they got <laughs> her. Um, her mix for Disc Woman uh, was absolutely brilliant. Open with my favourite rave band, Alternate. Um, as I said, I am incredibly pleased that Primavera has booked her, uh, and I can't wait to see her. Um, and this is just a very little snippet of Rave Casual. And we're going to sound off this week uh, with another uh, Primavera Sound 2022 edition. Warpaint have been announced to the bill. Are we excited about this, about Warpaint? Very excited. They played the festival on three occasions in the past, 2011, 2014, and 2018. It wouldn't be a proper 20th anniversary without them. This year, they put out their first song since 2016, a contribution to the HBO series Made for Love. What I love about Warpaint is how difficult it is it still is to describe their sound. They aren't just one thing, and while they continue to evolve in each album, there's a common vibe that's hard to put into a simple phrase. They've been called psychedelic, gothy, atmospheric, jammy even. I think they play in their own league, and it's one of those bands that, like, say, Young Marble Giants or Cocteau Twins, have their own sound. And wait till you see them live. And wait till next week as well, because Johan has got an amazing uh, band. He, he's well, artist. He's going to be introducing um, who he introduced me to today, and is is pretty stunning. But that is it for this week. I'm afraid. Um, we'll see you next week when there'll be a new version of 1989 <laughs> on your digital shelves, and we'll be feeling very smug uh, about themselves. This is Warpaint with Love Is to Die. Why don't you know that?